We'll pour to the creative spirit, the great Ashe, out of which we all emerge. Ashe. We pour to that creative spirit by whatever name we know it, whatever name you hold in your heart, in your mind, whatever name your ancestors gave, whatever name you learned as a child, whatever name you believe it to be, whatever name you believe it to be in spirit or in science. Ashe. We pour to the first human beings who came into existence on this planet, the first human beings who raised the first structures, who cooked the first meals, who taught the first children, who had the first children, the first Africans, the first people who stood upright, who walked, who figured out how to stay on this planet, who figured out how to pass that knowledge on to their children and their children's children, the mothers and fathers of civilization. Ashe. We pour the next libation to their grandchildren and their children's children, those who raised the great early civilizations of Kemet and Kush and Monomotapa, the great medieval civilizations of Ghana and Mali and Songhai and Kanem-Bornu. We pour to those who great the great civilizations of the Igbo people and the Hausa people and the Kikongo people and the Mambara people, the great Monday civilizations, the great Kikongo, the great civilizations of Southern Africa, the Bantu people, the great civilizations of Southeast Africa, the Dinka, the Shilla, the Nur. We pour to those millions who raised the foundations from which the world would learn what it meant to be human in the world, I say. We pour to their children who upon the arrival on the shores of people they had never seen before, found themselves captured and marched overland, found themselves perishing by the millions before they were held on the holding cells and the open air pens on the coast of West, Central, Southern, and East Africa. We pour to the ancestors who did not know as they were stripped of all clothing and sent denuded into boats, packed like animals, and strewn their bones across the floor of the Atlantic and the Indian Ocean. We pour to them who in the last moment on Africa grabbed the sand and grabbed the dirt and put it in their mouths and understood that the only thing they might have to preserve their place in that continent was their memory of that place and their ability to pass it on to their children. We pour to them. Ashe. Ashe. We pour to those Africans and their children who finding themselves cast adrift in Santiago, Cuba, who found themselves cast adrift in Puerto Spain, Trinidad and Puerto Prince Haiti, who found themselves cast adrift in New Orleans and Charleston and Mobile, who found themselves cast adrift in Salvador Bahia, who found themselves cast adrift in Barbados and the archipelago that formed the wayward and the, and the windward coast. We found them in these places, learning Portuguese and Spanish and French, whose often first words was, oh my God, oh Madre de Dios, who found themselves praying to survive and pass on to their children the memories. We pour to those ancestors who are represented in the thousands, buried in all the square miles of where we stand, and who sit here, buried before us in 400 caskets, forged of wood from West Africa, with Adinkra symbols. Each one of them, each woman, man, and child, symbolic of millions. The children of those who could not be killed, we pour our shame. We pour to their children who somehow survived the hells of enslavement and fought for emancipation in the Caribbean, the French, British, Dutch Caribbean, who fought for emancipation in South America, who fought for emancipation in Central America, who fought the struggles we refer to as the Civil War in the United States, who came out of that, marched out of enslavement through Reconstruction and found themselves making great migrations, eventually ending up in places like New York. Their children's children, who making a way for themselves, became our great-great-grandparents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, our parents. Those who, when the first bones were discovered in this space, held their hands and said, Stop! 
We are here to speak for those who can no longer speak with their mouths. We pour for those ancestors, some of whom came to Howard University in 2004 and followed these caskets all the way back to New York. We pray to the great ancestors, the ones whose names we know and the ones whose names we don't. And at this moment, as we pour this libation, I would ask anyone who feels comfortable to say the name of someone in your bloodline who is no longer physically here, but who you know made it possible for you to be here. Go ahead, let's hear the names. Haywood Carr, Porter Griffin, Evelyn Glover. We pour to the names that we hold collectively. Ganga Zumba in Brazil. Toussaint Louverture, Jean-Jacques Dessalines, and Henri Christophe in Haiti. We pour to the great Avengers, Nandi of the Maroons of Jamaica. We pour to the great ancestors, Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, Frederick Douglass. Say the names that you study. Who are the names of the ancestors that you have come to hold in your heart and your mind as you hope that you can do what they did for us, for your children and children's children? Let's say some of those famous names. Kwame John Henry Clark, John Jackson, Jacob Carruthers. And finally, two final libations. We pour to those who make it possible for us to do what we do. We pour to these rangers who stand guardian over this sacred space. We pour to these Africans and these folks who have come from Howard University, the staff, the faculty, the administrators who brought us here today to bear witness. This is not a libation, but an affirmation because their hearts still beat, their tongues still speak, their minds still think, and their minds still wish the best for us. We pour for all of those people who surrounded us on this journey today and made it possible for us to be here. We pour this affirmation of thanks, Ashe. Ashe. And finally, we pour to your children's children's children who will one day stand on this fate and speak your name. Ashe. History is a clock that people use to tell their political and cultural time of day. It is also a compass that people use to find themselves on the map of human geography. History tells of people where they have been and what they have been, where they are and what they are. Most important, history tells a people where they still must go, what they still must be. The relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship of a mother to her child.
are listening to Black Sister Talk, so you can breathe. With host LaWanda Chambers, Black Sister Talk radio broadcast is an affiliate of the Black Reality Think Tank, which operates on the timeforawakening.com radio platform. Reach out to them at whereyoucanbreathe at gmail.com. All of our programs are archived. You can go to www.timeforawakening.com, access the search portal, and type in the name of the program you desire to review. Hello, everyone. Hello. It's your birthday. 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 Hey, 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 Yes, yes. Hello, everyone. Whew. Deep on, take a breath on that. If y'all's over there doing your old school twerk or your new school twerk, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. I would like to take some time to thank everyone for being here with us to breathe and ask that our listeners call in to participate in the community therapy discussion. Join us on Black Sister Talk, where you can breathe at 215 490 9832. Again, that number is 215-490-9832. Now let's get it. For my regulars, you know how it goes. For my newer listeners, we like to start the show off by paying respect to our ancestors. Today's ancestral profile will focus on Norma Merritt Sklerick. I like the way that sounds. Norma Merritt Sklerick. Lauded for her numerous pioneering achievements as one of the first African-American women architects in the United States. Norma Merrick Sklarik, born in 1926, passed in 2012, has been called the Rosa Parks of architecture. Her intelligence, talent, and tenacity allowed her to overcome racism and sexism and become a prominent architect and a leader in the profession. She was born on April 15, 1926 in Harlem, New York. Sklerit was the only child of Walter Ernest Merrick, a doctor and Amy Merrick, a seamstress, both of whom had immigrated from Trinidad. She grew up in Harlem and Brooklyn and attended predominantly white schools, including Hunter College High School, a selective public school for girls where she excelled in math and science and showed talent in the fine arts. She had particularly close relationship with her father who spent time with her fishing, house painting and doing carpentry. Her aptitude for math and art prompted her father to suggest architecture as a career. She attended Bernard College for a year from 1944 to 1945 gaining the minimum of one year of liberal arts education that was a prerequisite for admissions to the School of Architecture at Columbia University. By her account, 
architecture, school was difficult. Many of her classmates were veterans of World War II. Some had bachelor's or master's degrees, and they collaborated on assignments. Whereas she commuted to school and struggled to finish her work on the subway or at home alone. As she said later, the competition was keen. But I had a stick-to-it attitude and never gave up. She graduated from Columbia in 1950 with a, B, with a bachelor's in architecture, one of two women and the only African-American in her class. After graduating from Columbia, Scleric faced discrimination in her search for work as an architect, applying to and being rejected by 19 firms. They weren't hiring women or African-Americans, and I didn't know which it was working against me, she told a local newspaper in 2004. She took a civil service job as a junior draft person in the city of New York's Department of Public Works. Feeling her talents and skills were underused in the city's position, she took the architecture licensing examination in 1954, passing it on her first try and becoming the first licensed African-American woman architect in the state of New York. After being registered, she worked for a brief time in an architectural firm, earning the positions despite a bad reference from her supervisor at the Department of Public Works. She thought her boss's negative reference had its roots in discrimination. It had to be personal. He was not a licensed architect, and I was a young kid. I looked like a teenager, and I was Black and a licensed architect. At her new firm, to her disappointment, she was given menial tasks such as designing bathroom layouts. In 1955, Scleric was offered a position in an architectural firm, Skidmore, Owens, and Merrill. At SOM, she was given more responsibility on increasingly large-scale projects, and she also taught evening architecture courses at the New York City Community College. During this period, she was a single mother of two children, having been married and divorced twice. Her mother cared for her children while Scleric worked. In 1959, she became the first African-American woman member of the American Institute of Architects. In 1960, after five years at SOM, she relocated and took a job at Gruen Associates in Los Angeles, where one of her sons was living. At Gruen, she was aware of extra scrutiny from her supervisor, and she was the only Black woman in the firm. As a new employee without a car, she took rides to work with a white male colleague who was consistently late. It took only one week before the boss came and spoke to me about being late, yet he had not noticed that the young man had been late for two years. My solution was to buy a car, since I, the highly visible employee, had to be punctual. In 1962, she became the first Black woman licensed as an architect in California. Sklerk rose to the position of Gruen's Director of Architecture responsible for hiring and overseeing staff architects and coordinating technical aspects of major projects, including the California Mart, Fox Plaza, Pacific Design Center, San Bernardino City Hall, and the U.S. Embassy in Tokyo. My God, her son, David Merrick Fairweather, recalled 
how she considered the design of a building the easy part, but she would make it real. What kind of concrete? What kind of nuts and bolts? What kind of glass? She was in production, and she would tell you production was the real work. Like many women architects in corporate firms, for most of her career, Scleric served as a project manager rather than design architect. Although she is credited with Cesar Pelli as design architect on the U.S. Embassy in Tokyo, her collaboration with Pelli resulted in several light modern icons, such as the Pacific Design Center and the San Bernardino City Hall. According to Marshall Pernell, a former president of the American Institute of Architects, she was more than capable of designing large projects, but it was unheard of to have an African-American female who was registered as an architect. You didn't trot that person out in front of your clients and say, this is the person designing your project. Nevertheless, her formidable technical skills and rigorous work ethic made her a brilliant project manager and propelled her ascension to the top position in the firm. She believed that architecture should be working on improving the environment of people in their homes, in their places of work, in their places of recreation. It should be functional and pleasant, not just in the image of the ego of the architect. She stayed at Groen for 20 years, during which time she married her third husband, Rolf Scleric, an associate at Groen, who died in 1984. She also served on the architecture faculty at University of California, Los Angeles, and the University of Southern California. In 1980, Scleric was the first American, African-American woman elected to the College of Fellows of the African-American, I mean, Please excuse me, the fellows of the American Institute of Architects for her outstanding contributions to the profession. The first woman in the Los Angeles AIA chapter to be awarded this honor. Let's put some respect on her name, okay? That same year, she joined the Los Angeles firm Welton Beckett Associates as a vice president, where she was responsible for Terminal 1 at Los Angeles International Airport. Come on now, LAX, a $50 million project that she completed before the start of the 1984 Olympics game. Her next professional affiliation broke more barriers when in 1985, she confounded the woman-owned firm Siegel Scleric Diamond with Margaret Siegel and Catherine Diamond. At the time, it was the largest woman-owned architectural firm in the United States. And the Scleric was the first African-American woman to co-own an architectural practice. The firm's project included the Tarzana Promenade, a 90,000-square-foot medical and retail center, remodeling of the Lawndale Civic Center, and additions to schools and other institutional buildings. In the same year she started her firm, she married Dr. Cornelius Welch. She keep a man. Glarick left Siegel Square Diamond after four years because she and her partners were not able to get commissions for large-scale projects, and she missed the income and challenges they brought. She joined the Jurde Partnership as principal of project management. At Jurde, she worked on the Mall of America in Minneapolis and other significant projects. She retired from the practice in 1992. During the 1990s, Cleric was engaged with public and professional service lecturing at Howard University, Columbia University, and elsewhere, and mentoring 
younger minority and women architects. Colleagues such as Marshall Purnell, Catherine Diamond, and others credit her for missioning them by example and encouraging their success. While she herself had no mentor, she felt an obligation to mentor to others. In architecture, I had absolutely no role model. I'm happy today to be a role model for others that follow. She coached aspiring architects for the state licensing exam, drawing on her own experience and passing the exam on her first attempt. In 2003, Sklerick was appointed to California Architects Board, CAB, on which she served on the Professional Qualifications Committee and the Regulatory Enforcement Committee. She served on many professional boards and committees, including the California State Board of Architectural Examiners, the AIA National Ethics Council, and as a juror for the National Council of Architecture Registration Boards. She was director of the University of Southern California Architects Guild and a director of the Los Angeles American Institute of Architects. In 2008, the AIA honored her with the Whitney M. Young Jr. Award, which recognizes an architect or organization embodying the profession's responsibility to address social areas. Okay, social areas and issues. In her honor, Howard University offers the Norma Merrick Sclair Architectural Scholarship Award. And on February 6, 2012, after a lifetime and extraordinary accomplishments in leadership and architecture, Scleric died of her heart failure at her home in specific Pallades, California, at the age of 85. Come on, y'all. Let's lift Miss Merrick up in power. My God, today. What an accomplishment. What an accomplishment. What a strong right. woman. We need that motivational blessing to talk as women. We can do many things. Okay? We can do many things. Not one thing. We can do a lot. Look, y'all scared now. Look, you scared, uh, y'all scared, scared over there. Look, <laughs> uh, I hear you. I hear it. But that's okay. That's okay. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Happy Saturday. Thank you for joining us on Black Sister Talk. I am Miss Wanda, your therapist's favorite therapist, giving you yet another unfiltered, candid conversation. Okay. Today's conversation focuses on birth numbers and gaining a better understanding of numerology, spirituality, and how God's gift to man connects. A few weeks ago, we discussed life paths and the importance of understanding how that number can be connected to who you are intuitively. We will continue to address the importance of understanding who we are, bringing awareness to self. In the past, I hadn't been a fan of astrology. However, I was drawn back into it when thinking about my love for numbers and how I use them. I have to give a disclaimer about the topic for my empiricists, who may say this is pseudoscience. Or this concept doesn't have an empirical foundation. I would challenge you to say everything in this world doesn't derive from an empirical foundation. And we have to become more open-minded to individuation in general. We may be more alike than different. But those people, but those differences matter. Okay? A conversation comes to mind when I think about those differences. Um, I had a conversation with Miss Divine, and I hope she chimes in later on on the line. Um, but Black people possess junk DNA. However, unmelanated people do not. Does this mean we shouldn't pay attention to junk DNA because everyone doesn't have it? 
or should we celebrate this individuation by embracing it investigatively and gain a better understanding on how this serves us? Does this mean God doesn't exist because you do not have enough research to decipher who was the author of the Bible or its many divine creations? Does this mean that when the weatherman predicts rain and it does not, that he should quit doing the weather? Does this mean that people hit the lotto and they have won due to approximations or by chance? I'm just saying we have to begin to open our minds up to other possibilities and steer clear of not making our own choices about how we think or feel based on European culture, programming, stuff you done heard and did not see for yourself and begin to develop personal culture, a family culture, a community culture. Okay, with that being said, let's look at these numbers today with an open mind and embrace other possibilities by tapping into our intuitiveness, by trusting ourselves, by connecting with ourselves, reflecting, critically thinking, and believing in who you are. I hope that you are as enlightened by this concept as I was and seek out your own connectedness to it. Brother Josh Germain, the mystical prophet, will lead us with the commentary this evening. I ask everyone who is listening, grab a piece of paper, a pen, or a pencil, whatever you fancy, so you can take some notes and write down any questions you may have when we get to the community forum. This is Black Sister Talk, where you can breathe. Let's get it. Let's go. Ms. Wanda, your therapist, favorite therapist. Hello, everyone. My name is Josh Jermaine, the true mystical prophet who always transcends hidden truth to light. Today we are discussing the importance of learning our birthday number and using numerology. I agree with Ms. Wanda that the road to learning esoteric information in general is not the easiest, with so much skepticism and simply not enough people in our Black community. Out of all the chaos and turmoil, I believe we have all experienced this year alone have restored hope in myself and continuing to bring that heat and be even more vocal on finding solutions to find relief on a system my people with accurate information about themselves, such as numerology today. It is time that we start using our own knowledge to our benefit rather than continuing to recycle information to keep us enslaved. It was a huge honor to initiate and leading our discussion on life path numbers a few weeks back. I hope all the listeners were able to learn anything that they could apply to their overall life. Today, we are discussing a birthday number. A few weeks, uh, we, we focused on calculating a life path number, which included a complete birthday, such as the month, the day, and the year as a whole. To find that single number or double number for my math, hold up, my bad. A few weeks, we focused on the number as a whole to find that single number or double number for my master numbers. This week will be simple, but we are focusing more on just the day we were born on. I think we all can agree that our birthday is truly the best holiday of the year. There's no better celebration than our own existence, as we just heard with Uncle Luke. <laughs> there has never been another you. You were born to be something extraordinary and set apart from everyone else with no effort on your part. It's time to hone our own unique qualities to ensure that we live more in our own authentic truth. Some numerologists call it your birthday number and some numerologists call it a soul urge number. Your birthday number is one of the only five numbers in your numerology chart that are called core numbers. They are derived from either your name or birthday and are numbers that influence you most strongly throughout your life. 
As one of these important members, your birthday member can reveal unique and powerful abilities that you naturally possess, like a gift you have to offer the world. Knowing your birth code and how to apply it will help you navigate your life with ease and inspire you to manifest your true soul destiny. When you align with your birth promise, you naturally attract abundance and true fulfillment. You are also free from pursuing expectations placed on you by others. Whether you accepted these expectations as your own or not, whether they were imposing you consciously or unconsciously does not matter. What will set you free is getting to know the true you through your soul birth code. Knowing yourself allows you to create your own reality, a reality based purely on your alignment with source rather than on unconscious motivations derived from outside influence. Note that each number carries their own energy. These energies are ruled by their planetary influences, which I'm about to get to later. But in this mystic world, please be minded that everything is connected, including astrology and numerology. So I advise everyone to be patient on their discovery to know their true selves. So let's get to the information. To recap from last week, like, like, like what I said before, let's refresh on the basic core nine numbers and let's begin building toward learning about what energy rules on the day we are born, which is the birthday numbers. Remember, we are only focused on only the day we are born today. For example, if someone was born today, December 19, 2020, their birth number will be 19. Once we add that one plus nine, which equals 10, their core birth number will be a one. Also understand that this is an introductory look at the birthday numbers. You can dig deeper into the nuances if you look at what both numbers and a double-digit birthday bring with them. For instance, I'm breaking down the numbers in this one-digit form. You can extract more detailed meanings when investigating both the numbers that make up the single-digit number. For instance, if you were born on the 12th or the 30th, your birthday number breaks down to a single number three. Yet suppose if you're born on that 12th, you can count on having aspects of both the one, which represent leadership, individuality, and creativity, mixed with that energy of the two, which is mediation, love, emotional sensitivity, that makes up the whole of your number three birthday. If you are born on the 30th, that zero intensifies the number of the three. So you get double the positive, which is creative self-expression, emotional sensitivity, and performance, and double the challenges, which is self-doubt, emotional highs, and lows analysis paralysis of the number three. So let's break it on down. So let's see how, how each number lines up to the day we were born. So if you are born on the 1st, the 10th, the 19th, or the 28th of each month, your number will go down to a one, which is ruled by the planet Sun, which represents leaders, rulership, father energy, influencer, and authority. Just as Aries, the first time the zodiac is about action and initiation and numerology, one is linked towards four emotions. One symbolizes a pioneering spirit, independent nature, and innate leadership capabilities. On a bad day, one can be a bit bossy or boastful, hiding any insecurities behind overdeveloped self-importance. One must remember that although it is first, it can very quickly become the loneliest number. Even the most autonomous ones need the support of their friends family, and lovers. The two, any, anybody born on the 2nd, 11th, the 20th, the 29th of each month is ruled by a moon, which represents the opposites, the balance, extremes, and femininity. Two is linked to sensitivity, balance, and harmony. Within numerology, the two vibration assumes the role of the mediator, creating harmony by bringing together dissonant forces through compassion, empathy, and kindness. Two is linked to psychic ability and intuition. And if this number appears as a light path or destiny number, 
the individual will be astute to subtle energy shifts and emotional nuances because two is so sensitive. It is very conflict averse and can end up feeling underappreciated or, or, or unacknowledged. Oh, or unacknowledged. <laughs> Two must avoid seeking external validation and instead realize that perfect equilibrium needed already exists within. Anyone born the 3rd, the 12th, or the 21st, or the 30th of each month is ruled by the planet Jupiter, which represents creativity, groups, children's art, imagination, and fun. Communication is paramount for three. Symbolically, three represents the output of two joint forces. If it is the essence of creation, three is highly gifted at expression, seamlessly sharing innovative and pioneering concepts through art, writing, and orations. Your work inspires, motivates, and uplifts others, and three finds great joy in making others smile. However, three is also known to be quite moody, and it feels and three feels misunderstood and or may withdraw entirely. The escapist tendencies of three are easily mitigated by practicing peaceful mindfulness. With such an active imagination, it is important to, for three to find moments of quiet to reset, restore, and recharge. Anyone born on the fourth, or are the four numbers represented by anyone born on the fourth, 13th, the 22nd, or the 31st of each month is ruled by the planet Uranus, that represent logic, reason, intelligence, and endurance. In numerology, four has an earthly energy and is centered around fortifying its roots. Four adamantly believes in the physical world and knows that investing in a solid infrastructure is necessary for building a lasting legacy. Practical, hardworking, and responsible, the vibration of the number four is focused on creating logical systems that can support scalable growth. There is a solidity to four. However, that can quickly devolve into rigidity. Four must remember that rules are meant to enhance, not inhibit. It's easy for, for four to become stubborn, so four benefits from learning to loosen up and think outside the box. Four will feel liberated and inspired by finding the bravery to take a few bold risks. For the birth number five, anybody born on the four, uh, on the fifth, my bad, fifth, the 14th, and the 23rd of each month is ruled by Mercury, which represents freedom, pleasure, adventure, travel, and human senses. Free thinking, adventurous, and progressive. Five is defined by freedom. Five needs to experience the world by engaging its five senses. For five, life lessons are acquired through spontaneous acts of bravery. It can to Sagittarius energy within astrology, five is known for its playful, impulsive, and vivacious spirit. Five can become restless and impatient. Since five is always seeking discovery, it has a difficult time accepting life's day-to-day -day responsibilities, including professional and interpersonal commitments. Five must remember that when it narrows its gaze, it will discover that the most rewarding exploration exists in its own backyard. For birthday number six, Anyone born on the 6th, 15th, and the 24th of each month is ruled by Venus, which represents love, romance, sex, family, uh, family loyalty, and relationships. Six is recognized for its nurturing, supportive, and empathic nature. A true healer, six has the ability to problem solve in both the emotional and psychic realms, helping others through a straightforward yet gentle approach. Six has a strong sense of responsibility and cares deeply for his friends, family, and lovers. This number also can easily communicate with children and animals, displaying a soft tenderness and caretaker spirit. But not everything needs to be parented, and sometimes six protective energy can become domineering and controlling. 
To avoid carrying the world on his shoulders, six must learn to build trust and understanding for others. Simply put, everyone must follow their own unique path. For birth number seven, anyone born on the 7th, the 16th, and the 25th of each month is ruled by the planet Neptune, which represents the occult, mystic, paranormal, and spirituality. You contain a highly developed and analytical mind. You're gifted with attached data analysis, research, and seeking of answers to life's biggest uh, questions. You do well when you specialize in one field and deeply develop deep expertise. You're also highly intuitive and should spend time and energy developing this aspect of yourself. It will balance out your highly mental way of dealing with the world. You're the spiritual seeker, meaning you seek higher meaning and ultimately are meant to get to know yourself truly, madly, deeply. When you connect with your true spirituality, no matter how you personally define that, you'll feel as though you're in a, you're finally in your element. For birthday number eight, born on the 8th, the 17th and the 26th of each month, ruled by the planet Saturn, which represents drive, ambition, enterprise, and focus. Ambitious, practical, and business focus. You need material abundance in order to feel satisfied in life. Money is a focus. Although it doesn't necessarily come easily or smoothly, you're gifted with management and, and organization and thrive in leadership roles. You're ambitious and goal-oriented and enjoy a challenge. Status is something to strive towards. Respect from the world at large is important to you. You enjoy being a connector, a person who knows the manager, the celebrity, or the owner. The freedom that financial abundance can bring you is a driving force in your life. Nine, anyone born on the ninth, the 18th, or the 27th of each month is ruled by Mars, which represents wisdom, charity, activism, and understanding. As a final single digit within the morality, nine can know some old souls. Nine is no stranger. Life's ups and downs of life, been there, done that. <laughs> Accordingly, nine can effortlessly synthesize large quantities of stimuli, psychically connecting the dots to form a cohesive whole. The mission for nine is to reach its highest state of consciousness and to help others also achieve this spiritual awareness. Nine isn't afraid to transform and its malleable spirit inspire others to explore their own ranges of emotions. Since nine, in many ways, has transcended the physical plane, it must constantly remember to anchor itself. Nine must learn to balance the abstract with the tangible, ultimately finding its place at the intersection of fantasy and reality. And for the last, now we go on to the, the, um, the master numbers, the double numbers. So anyone born on the 11th, master number 11 revs up the energy of the number two. Its purpose is to heal the self and others through its elevated psychic abilities. Oftentimes, master number 11 intuitive gifts are a result of extreme life circumstances. Master number 11 has no choice but to cultivate extrasensory talents, and numerology master number 11 is connected to spiritual enlightenment, awareness, and philosophical balance. For anyone born on the 22nd of each month, you are master number 22. Master number 22, often referred to as the master builder, expands on the vibrations of number four. Master number 22 is inspired to create platforms in the physical realm that transcend immediate reality by fusing the tangibles and intangibles. Master number 22 cultivates a dynamic long-term legacy. Master number 22 skills are usually a byproduct of anyone of early childhood instability that fuels innovative thoughts industrious, creative, and dependable. Master number 22 is always on a mission to transform. 
So I guess we could break it down because I will break it down to the, the single members. I can go a little further than this. It will take hours to really dive deep on this on how unique and individual these numbers really are. So I guess I end up stopping here, though, and would like to ask people just hearing just the core numbers. Did anyone hear something about their birthday member that spoke to them? Let me open up the line, shot so we can get some feedback because mm-hmm. I want to make sure we... We've given them a lot of information. I mean, come on yeah, now. They probably didn't even get the chance to breathe after hearing everything they heard about Norma because Norma was not playing. She kept a man and she was making moves. I mean, seriously. Exactly. So they didn't breathe yeah. on that. And now right. we're hitting them with these birthday numbers. And I got to say, listening to this, I mean, I, I'm not going to get my feedback just yet, but my God today. <laughs> Right. So, does anyone on the line want to share anything that they have heard about their birthday numbers? Because if you was listening, you probably wouldn't listen to nobody's birthday number but your own or your kids <laughs> or that one husband or person you trying to figure out if you really like them or not. So, <laughs> for whatever <laughs> reason, you was listening to the number. Oh, yeah. Hey, how you doing? Hey, this is uh, Pastor Anders. Uh I was going to be kind of skeptical at first. I was like, oh, well, I don't know about this. But then he got to my birthday now. I was like, all right. Look, I he blew my socks off. He blew my socks off with my birthday now. I'm like, for real. Oh, that's he really, me. <laughs> he really, I was like skeptical at first. I'm not, I don't do with, do with stuff like that. But I was like, let me see. So when he got to my number, I was like, man, that is me. My wife was looking at me like, yeah, that's you. You real moody. <laughs> That's right, Tina. That's right. So I do appreciate it. Thank you so much. No problem. Oh, yeah. Well, Pastor, I'm glad you're here because I want you to chime in a little bit later when mm-hmm. we get to this, um, this numerology in the Bible, you know, and the importance of numbers in the Bible and how, you know, this idea that we're presenting can exist in the same space as that. Mm-hmm. Now I know you're gonna have something to say about that. <laughs> exactly. Look, if I was at home, I, I could. I'm not at home right now. I have a lot of notes. I really do. I have a lot of notes on that. And so it was very intriguing to me to hear what today's discussion was gonna be about. It was just very enlightening. It corresponds to what we talk about, you know, in our in the church and what we teach. A lot of pastors and a lot of people do not teach numbers. Uh, prophetic people do, you know. So I do share a lot of that, and it's part of my prophetic class that we offer to our our, our members of our church, and they can chime in, you know. So I definitely agree with this. I, I really like it so much. It's, it's been a blessing thus far. Well, I appreciate you and Pastor Tina chiming in, and I appreciate you uh, providing us with that feedback. Most definitely. Look, and Miss Laney and I are gonna see y'all at church tomorrow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Crowned up and everything. I'm telling y'all, we got some Crowned prophetic up. people over here at Aspire Word Ministries. And if you're looking for a church family, you certainly will have a place here with us.
Look, everybody's silent now. I gotta, I Mar. gotta do y'all. Look, I gotta do y'all like they do at at the church right before oh, they about God. to go. I know it's about thirteen people in the room who wanna who wanna stand up and put their hands up and give it to the Lord. Do I have mm -hmm. to have one of them moments right now with these prophetic people, or y'all gonna be scared? <laughs> Look, I ain't gonna no, put that pressure point. on y'all. I ain't gonna put that pressure on y'all today. These numbers is a lot. <laughs> There's a lot going on. That's all I was trying to say. Cause I mean, the thing is, I can dive even more deeper. I mean, I can take off on this forever, you know. But I know we only got a short time, and I, you know, I know the discussion is so much more important too when discussing this type of stuff. So, you know, maybe if we don't have enough time, we might have to have a part two of it, and we can even break down the individual numbers. And I think that would probably blow your socks off as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Does anybody else on the line? Um feel like what they heard resonated with their birthday number? I, I would like to say something, Ms. Chambers. This is Ms. Laney. Hey, Ms. Laney. Hey, Ms. Laney. Hi, Dr. May. How you guys doing? Uh, you know, it's good. always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Great topics every time we're on here. So kudos to both of you guys. I love it. I love it. I love it. But it's just so ironic. When Josh Jermaine read out uh, the number five, because that's my birthday, <laughs> and, and how Mercury rules me, and I'm like, really? So then he got to reading out all the little bullet points, you know. I'm like, okay, I, I can see that. Okay, I can see that one too. Really, that is so me. just gave me even further confirmation of my soul sister Miss Laney because I'm number five too Miss Laney. Hello. We are wonderful. <laughs> How you doing? I'm a yes. number five too. What is hey. going on with the five club five 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 five? Oh, you got unique honey. You know just divinity let me tell you. Let me tell you I got somebody on the line I know I really want to hear from them because they quiet as a mouse. Quiet as a mouse. They know who I'm talking to, too. Miss, is it y'all on the air yet? Miss Lulu. Miss, Lulu. drop it on you. 
I can't. I never forget that one thing, Lulu. On the <laughs> she said the kid is better now. What's Lulu? You you got to tell us the kid is better now. Just back the taste. I said, woo. My God, Lulu, you can't be saying that kind of stuff on the air. We still got to go to work tomorrow. My God, I can't even respond to that. I would even think about responding to that. My God, Lulu. Lulu, what you doing? Look, Lulu over there doing something. What? <laughs> Lulu do five things at once. So she listening, but she doing something. Right. And she gonna jump in when we start having the break. I'm gonna make sure I mute her mic. Right. <laughs> no, I agree with everybody on my end. Uh, I think on my end, I'm, I was born July 18th, so I'm a number nine. And uh, yeah, that's me all day. It's me. Every time I read it, it's just be on point. Like I've studied around. I studied this for so long, so it's like just coming back and just researching over again. But every time I go back to that 18th, it's like. Uh, and at number nine itself is just it, it lets me know that I'm in the right direction. Even when he was talking about just the old soul and just you know really being in that psychic level, I always be like I'm you know I, me and my cousin always talk about that all the time. Like am I psychic just sound like that? And it's like and the way we are psychic and I mean just us having that melanin probably makes us more psychic than we think we are. You know and you know just being under that nine Mars energy let me know I'm about that action and I am. So uh, that's what, it's just. It just certified it for me. Uh-oh, I hear some radicalness coming. Oh, I'm going to say it's <laughs> radical. I'm going to say it's radical. But sometimes you need action that needs to be in a radical form sometimes to make change. So I won't say radical, but it's just like what Lulu. Lulu, you know, also wisdom, you know, like when you know your stuff, it's not really radical once when you really know yourself. That's you right. Just, That's you just, right. You just have movement. Look, it's I guess it's like my pastor said, you running on a flow. You know, yeah, you running exactly. on a flow. But I'm about to jump in here and call on my girl, Miss Lottie, and see what she thinks about her birthday number. Cause I would love to hear what she thinks about that number one. <laughs> Cause you know oh, I you know oh, I got some thoughts, but I want to hear what you think about your number one. Okay. So I was listening. Hi, my name is Lottie. And uh, I was listening because um, it was intriguing to me to find out because my birthday is June 1st. Um, and it, it kind of resonates with the way I am. So it was kind of cool. <laughs> I thought very much so. I thought the same thing too because I know you. And I said, mm hmm, That's, that explains it. You know, that's why I love you so much. That's what it is. <laughs> My God, today, I thank mm -hmm. you for um, listening as well, Lottie, and as well speaking in to the show too, okay? You're welcome. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thank you. You always got a place on Black Sister Talk. So, listen, guys. We are at the top of the hour. We're at the top of the hour. I almost want to hear that It's Your Birthday Luke song again because that just gave me so much kind of energy. I just didn't even know what to do with it. And I'm like, I got to get back on the air. I can't be over here um, dancing like that because it's showtime. Okay? Well, so, well, 
Here's your time for an Awakening Media lineup. Monday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., African Perspectives, with host Brother Oshi, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Same time, same place. Continued Monday lineup, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., Acres of Diamonds, with host Brother Jihad Ahmed, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m., Black Therapy Central, Host Dr. Mawia Kambon and Sister Nataki Kambon. 9 p.m. till 10 p.m. Conversation Reparation. First and third Monday. On Tuesday, 8 p.m. till 10 p.m. Black Reality Think Tank with host Dr. William Rogers. On Thursday, 7 p.m. till 9 p.m. Melanin Live with host Lance Jones. Co-host. Oniswa Ayan, Fridays, 8 p.m. till 10 p.m., Time for an Awakening, with creator of Time for an Awakening and host, Brother Elliot, co-hosted by Brother Richard. Saturdays, 4 p.m. till 6 p.m., Black Sister Talk, with host Rwanda Chambers, 7 p.m. till 9 p.m., The Elders of Sankofa, and Sundays, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Time for an awakening. Host Brother Elliot and co-host Brother Richard. Check us out, get informed, and get... 
You are listening to Black Sister Talk, so you can breathe, with host LaWanda Chambers. Black Sister Talk radio broadcast is an affiliate of the Black Reality Think Tank, which operates on the timeforawakening.com radio platform. Reach out to them at whereyoucanbreathe at gmail.com. All of our programs are archived. You can go to www.timeforawakening.com, access the search portal, and type in the name of the program you desire to review. We back on Black Sister Talk where you can breathe. We're gonna get right back into this discussion. What's up? I know before the um, top of the hour, we get real, you know, real invested in hearing a lot from you guys about how you felt about these numbers. And so I know I touched a little bit of basis on it earlier. Um about numerology living in the same space as God. And so, Joshua, man, what you thinking? How you I feeling think, about uh, your presentation and numerology well, I, and what I just said? Well, I love it. I think God, uh, numerology is definitely a little difficult to kind of, you know, put it on paper a little bit more because it's really an abstract, you know, type of thing. You think about these numbers and explaining it, but, um, I'm glad that I got, I love the feedback from it. You know, even my little peanut butter words in the beginning of the whole discussion, but I was able to get it out and I'm glad that um, everybody heard it. I think for me, just the asking that question just about that, uh, God and his credit and, you know, feel discredited by God about learning this type of stuff. My journey is, uh, I guess you would call it a mystical prophet now. It has been a journey, you know, and I think a lot of it was always dealing with the restrictions of church and the restriction of people that wanted to talk down on you and made it seem like you was crazy, made it seem like you was weird, you know, and that type of stuff affected me at a at a younger level because I knew if some of the stuff was correct, I knew no matter what it was, like I knew it was on the money, I knew the stuff, but it's like sometimes it's like being a mystic, I guess you could say, it's like a lonely life because it's like you always going to go against the grain, you always going to take the truth in no matter if anybody agrees with it or not, you know, and I know for me personally, going through all of that to where I'm at now is like I'm glad I used my my uh, my nine uh, birthday number to drive over all this stuff in the end. But I know that that is a a big thing in the black community when it comes with you know taking in numerology, astrology, um, you know anything anything that really had nothing to do with the Bible in the way which you're gonna start to see that it probably do have a lot to do with the Bible. It's like that has stopped, I know myself though, from really ascending on the level that I really am. I could ascend on this level seven, eight, ten years ago. You know what I'm saying? If I had other people that could help me understand the relationship between me wanting to know myself and not feeling like, feel like it's a conflict with, you know, with church and with, you know, uh, people in my family that is church people, you know. So I know that if that is a big thing that really targeted me to learn this, I know it's difficult for other people to take it in though and really accept it fully accept it you know what i'm saying for who you really are instead of feeling like you know i don't like that stuff because let's be real in a black community we don't want to talk about astrology and the morality because we get seen like it's being demonic like it's like witchcraft you know like it's voodoo pretty much and everything that's really not saying what the pastors and the church and the congregation is saying 
it's always seen like, you know, it's not our stuff, but deep down inside, all of this stuff is our stuff. Like, before they even had Christian, uh, Christian doctrines, they, it was always black stuff before they mucked it all the way up and then gave us what they wanted to give us. While at the same time, they taking the information though and using it for their own benefit. So right. it's just, I'm, so I know it's a big thing for me personally. And I mean, people say I'm pretty cold at it. I'm pretty good at this type of stuff, but I wish I would have not have went through that tough journey until my, in my thirties to really like solidify myself as that. Then I could have did it earlier when I've seen this stuff happening when I was younger. I knew numerology made sense. I knew astrology made sense. And the more I got into it, it started making even more sense. But I had to kind of learn it on my own. So I wish I didn't have that much resistance because I know deep down the side in the black community, I just get that vibe from my own people that sometimes we don't want to take this in because we thinking that God is going to, you know, send us to hell. But, you know, if I may say something, um, that is funny that you, sorry, it's funny that you say that because the, when I think about um, numerology and astrology, astronomy and, and just the different sciences, those sciences have been around longer than a lot of these religions. And a lot of these religions actually talk about how the use of these sciences um, were used to, to navigate when they did travel and things like that, um, following the stars. And so to me, the fact that those things have been demonized, it kind of makes me wonder, do, does religion try to silence these sciences so that we will not be able to know ourselves on a soul level, on a cosmic level, because once a person is free from a certain type of thought and they're able to think outside of the box, they no longer need to be led or need a, a leader the way that a lot of people need a leader. When you have that, the tools yourself versus somebody fixing something for you or fixing, trying to fix your issues for you. And when it comes to getting to know yourself, you cannot get to know yourself depending on a source outside of yourself. You have to go within to get to know yourself. And for me, numerology and astrology, learning these sciences and learning more about them on a personal level as far as how they apply to me, that is what has, that's what has given me a lot of knowledge or it really confirmed a lot about myself that I already knew, but I just didn't hear outside of myself. And then um, it's, it's not a strange science. Once you, once you get the hang of it, for yourself, instead of going off of the word of other people, you know, that's demonic or, you know, that's, that's not something that we get into. That's not what black people do. But the truth is that is all of it is our science, just like Josh was saying. So I think it's unfortunate that we are so close minded in our community um, just because it's been passed down that this is the devil or we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't look at this or look at that. When in reality, these are the very things that we look to way before, in my opinion, we were put into bondage in our minds with this religious stuff. That's my take on it. I think you got a a damn good perspective, Miss Divine. And so I'm hoping that you'll be able to kind of assist us a little bit more about how this all ties together, Um, especially seeing the fact that a lot of people are very spiritual these days and a lot of people are still um, very old fashioned. And so I guess, how do we bridge the gap between these ideas to help people feel more comfortable 
you know, because it sounds to me that everybody is really focused on what's normal and in these labels that are placed upon things, not by us, but by European culture, like the idea of pseudoscience and to say that's not credible or that's not valid. And, and meaning, hey, that's not valid to melanated people. This is valid to us. Um, and it has been stripped from you and and told this is this is garbage, basically. And when you hear this information and we're all on this line and each one of us are able to credibly say, hey, this sounds just like me. And not one of us was like another number sounded like us because you heard everything else. Now, were you just listening to your number or were you listening to get the information would be my next question, because we have to begin to challenge these types of thoughts and be in spaces like this to be able to critically think and not be so quick to conform. Because what I see is a lot of socialization occurring even when you're not trying to socialize, it's almost like innate um, demigod for you to go ahead and conform. If you don't believe this, I want to hear you say, I don't agree with that mess. Um, this is how I feel about it. You get what I'm saying? So when we're looking at, when we're looking at these types of ideas and I, I hate to use the word radical because that's not something that's necessarily radical to me it may be radical to someone else um this may be second nature for us so what do you think about that miss divine um as far as it being um not second nature for other people but just for us how do we how do we make others feel comfortable or even begin to understand how to break away from the conformity of this concept? Well, I think that a lot of people need to realize that the system of and the way that we've been going about things has not been working for us. If we can first acknowledge that, then I think that we can if we can acknowledge that, then we can say, okay, well, what can we do to kind of form a new system and I think that having an open mind would um you know what will work because religion has not been working for us well as a community I would say <laughs> to me it has not gotten us anywhere and I think that is because we've been told to look outside of ourselves for so long and I know this is not about religion but a lot of times people use an excuse use that use that excuse for these topics not to get into it and it, it scares them, and they, they're not even sure why. Um, I know a person who I was very close with, who I am very close with, and I share some things on Facebook. She and I talked recently, um, just this week, and she said, what are, what are you into? You're into a lot of strange things. And I'm like, how am I into a lot of strange things? Because I'm learning about the the the, the numerical imprint that's on my, my DNA or my, you know, my, my cosmic blueprint with who I am. How am I getting into something weird when I'm learning about the placement of the moon of the moon and the sun and all the other planets and how it affected me when I was born, how that's affecting uh, my life right now? How is that something weird? You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. the last time I checked, you, you know, you're supposed to get to know yourself. We're, we're busy trying to get to know everybody else and their business and why they do this and why they do that. But we can't even mm -hmm. look within ourselves. 
And so I think that just, uh, once again, it starts with recognizing that the way in which we've been doing things has not been working for us on so many different levels. And hiding astrology, astronomy, um, alchemy, mysticism, um, numerology, continuing to keep those things out of the picture, you know, that I, I just think that that needs to be changed. I think that, mm-hmm. and, I, and I, I believe that it is being changed because we're having the conversation right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's something that is, is being brought to the, to the light more, just like, you know, there's a, a topic that I'm very interested in about, um, about the 13th month, the 13th Zodiac sign, like all this stuff needs to be brought to the light. And I think that, like I said, just reckon, I think that other people who are not as open to it, they may be able to start with having an open mind just in general, because the rejection of these sciences comes from having a closed mind. It comes from fear. So maybe we can also dispel the fear and let them know where this stuff originally comes from, how, how far it goes back, how it was before a lot of these religions that were made and possibly even look into why the sciences have been demonized to the masses. Okay. No, but see, that's what I'm saying because those who are in, who study this, this is what we want to hear. We want to hear from you and gain a better understanding. Cause like I said, at the beginning of this conversation, this was a very foreign idea to me. This was something that I looked at, you know, we look at our horoscopes and things like that. And, you know, look into this stuff when we're really, really young and, you know, we may follow it consistently for a little little while but it's something that we kind of fall off on and so it's strange Mm -hmm. that I'm back here looking at this now because it was something that I was into like I said a long long time ago and now I'm back here saying okay how how do these numbers connect and just understanding my word and how those numbers um connect and how you know God is the great geometrician he he's the Mm -hmm. one of all math mathematic creations and in charge mm-hmm. of it all and so he has taught us how to use these numbers and I think that if we began to um, use numbers in that way we would be able to gain a better understanding of the world around us um, because math is universal I will continue mm-hmm. to say that math is universal and mm-hmm. you don't have to speak no language um, besides math, and people are going to be able to understand that anywhere in this world. And so that speaks to his divinity. Um, Josh, you want to um, take me into this next question, next discussion question, or do you want to continue to discuss this because I got to take a little break? Yeah, we can go to the next question, though. Let me see. Let me see. What you think? Where do you want to go with that? Uh, I, I, see, I think are there certain things that a person is born that make life challenging no matter what? Yeah, see, that was I a think, good question. Yeah, it is. Because, I mean, I, I think it's a deep question, though, because I think a lot of times we look at our life and we wonder why do things happen to us, right? You know, sometimes our relationship ain't the best thing that we want, but it's something we really want it to work. It's, it could be our money. It could be something that's going on. It's like we look at numerology, it's all trying to teach us something. You know, I feel like no matter one thing we all agree on from Christianity to uh, mysticism, occult, we are all trying to ascend some way down the line. We are all trying to do something better than what we were before, you know. And I think a lot of times, though, we look at our life purpose and we want to know the gifts and we want to know what makes us, uh, what, what makes us feel so special. But I think sometimes, 
when we learn our trauma, our childhood trauma to just our whole blueprint of our life, I think sometimes we don't really look at that. That's still part of the blueprint of our life. You know, it's like, it can't be no sunshine without rain. You know, it can't be, you know, the cold without the hot. And, and sometimes I believe that numerology even give us validation on sometimes though on the challenges that we're going to have. So, I mean, I do agree with the question is that um, certain days will have more life challenges than others because, you know, just like I told my cousin before, though, sometimes as you know, I've just lesson learning is pain. You know, we would not be able to ascend this life and we never really went through anything to really transcend or ascend from it. So I do believe that, yes, if you, it's good to study your numerology to know like, okay, then, well, on these days or just my whole chart, I have some gifts that I need to, you know, embrace and acknowledge. But we also got to look at the fact that sometimes though, these gifts come with challenges and it's nice to even have that validation and know like okay you know you wonder why these things keep on happening to you you know it's good to look at numerology and be like okay then well if i notice these things that keep happening to me i might need to embrace that role a little bit more and look at what i can do to make the situation change rather than look on the outside and and expect that to change for me so i think it's a good question though i mean uh anybody that's on the line i mean would anybody like to chime in on that Anybody on the line? I think the numerology. <laughs> um, I think the numerology is very good at um, letting us know that there are no coincidences in our lives, because a lot of times we beat ourselves up about a lot of different things. Um, I know for myself, um, it, it says a lot of in my chart and with a lot of my um, core numbers. It, it talks about me actually like starting a career kind of like in the second half of my life and mm -hmm. you know knowing things like that kind of helps me to understand what what the purpose of certain things that have happened in my life um like why they are the way they are why in this season of my life things may seem dry or there may seem like I'm just constantly going over hurdle after hurdle after hurdle that is it, it, very validating even though it does not make the things go away mm -hmm. it's still some comfort that okay I'm not tripping you know what I mean? Because sometimes, exactly. it's, sometimes it's hard when you may not feel like you have direction. And I feel like that's what numerology kind of gives. It gives direction, mm -hmm. like, you know, finding out the, out my, the life path that I had, that I have, the life path number. Before I found that out, it's not that I really didn't understand my life. I just needed, I felt like I just needed some validation because I knew what was going on. But at the same time, I was like, but is this really going to make sense to other people? or Am I just, am I, am I thinking too much or whatever? But when I found out that I would actually be going through like double the amount of things in my life because of my number and the vibration, it kind of made those things a little bit more tolerable. It made me feel like, okay, mm -hmm. I, I don't have to focus on the hardships so much as I need to focus on what do I need to learn so that I won't continue to repeat them. So it gave me direction for things like that. And I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you, though. Even when I look at my own chart, you know, and I know you pretty advanced on your numerology side. I'm advanced on my side on that. So it's good to be able to have that conversation, even for people chiming in on it, because I agree with you 110. Like, 
my life path is a six. And I'm telling you, if I did not know my life path was a six, I will keep asking myself, why do I always gotta take responsibility? Even if I don't want it, even if I don't want it, you know what I mean? And it's like, and sometimes though, it's like when your calling comes, it's like the calling get louder. And if mm-hmm. I did not really realize that I need to be more responsible and just be the one to keep not being responsible, then I'll probably mm-hmm. have a, a rougher life than I already have, you know. But the more I embrace mm-hmm. it and the more I can hone in on just taking responsibility and making sure that not only be responsible for everybody else, but for myself, it made my life in general. Just like my um my path number, I mean, my uh, birthday number is nine. I mean, it's the same thing now. Like, I'm an action-oriented person. If I was somebody like, oh, I don't want to be action-oriented. You know, I don't want to, I want to be with the crowd and I want to do whatever my finances. So I mm-hmm. still got to work on being, a, 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 I got to still work on being a humanitarian. And I still mm-hmm. got to make sure that I work on ascending um, humanity at its best, you know, and I will be able to get gifts from doing that, you know, and if I was worried about myself or, or, or I was selfish, life would probably have more rupture against me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I might have to deal with some more BS in my life because I'm not taking, I'm not really honing in that life is a lesson that we need to learn. And the morality, like what you said, is something that can give us direction about it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I love that perspective, Mr. Vaughn. I gotta let you know that and Josh, you're doing a great job um, carrying this discussion, but I just got to let y'all know, my prophetic people, you know, we hear these things say, God knows all, God knows all. And then I think about how he loves to have this insider information. Um, he loves to know what we don't know. And then he will, he will put it in such a way for us to seek that out. And so... I think he laughs at that. He's he's a really funny guy in that way where he knows things that we don't know and to to use his numerology in such a way to understand that um you know God really knows our name. And so it's it's pretty interesting to see how these numbers play out and how these numbers um can speak different languages, you know, different messages to us, not different languages, different messages. And so once you know what your message is, uh, like you said, Josh, it starts screaming at you. Like, mm-hmm. I got to get up. I got to, I'm, I'm not moving in my path. And so sometimes when we're depressed and we're down, this is, this is a result of that. This is a result of self-discovery or, or lack of. And so I want us to think about that, too, as we heard the information that was presented before us today about these life path numbers. Or birthday numbers. Well, I mean, you know, I'm cause... sorry, birthday numbers. My oh. God, today, we keep talking about the life path number. I didn't say the life path number, the birthday number. Right, but right, right. Let me tell you, birthday numbers and life path numbers, they do have a, um opportunity to exist in the same space. I feel like I told you earlier that 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 would be the uh, equivalent to saying the birthday number is the beginning and the life path number is the journey and so they can they can definitely exist together and I want to be able to give you that kind of foundation when thinking about these numbers so that you can utilize them in such a way that makes the most sense Mm -hmm. okay I hear you that's the truth Let's get back into these, these birthday numbers. These birthday numbers. Okay. Get it. So I think I just kind of gave you the significance 
that the numerology can hold to you. And I think we really just t really touch bases on how this can benefit you. Um, so far, we talked about how this numerology idea can exist in the same space as God. Um, I guess my, my question would be, how would you begin to um, empiricize this idea? Or how would you begin to create some sort of study which will be able to provide people with this sort of proof? Because some people are not going with ideas that are mm -hmm. not backed up by numbers, then like you talking about numbers, you should have some numbers on that numerology. You you talking mm -hmm. about numbers. Let me just tell right, you that. Right, right. Oh, I definitely and I and I and I understand the skepticism just as much as black folks should be skeptical about vaccination shots. We should always be about our numbers and get out of our emotions and understanding data. So I'm I'm not knocking it. I think it's a great question and I think that my best thing for this answer is that thank God we got the internet. Thank God we got Google. Thank God that, you know, we are all ascending our consciousness as a whole, where now we can take in the type of information, though, and it's not so rejected, you know, from other people. That's for a reason, because I'm telling you, if we talk about numerology, what, 10 years ago, we would have had more skepticism going on. People would have really went left field on it. So the fact that all this stuff has gave, gave us more insight and learning about it, I think it's gonna just be even better the more we just discuss it, like what Monique was saying. I think if anything, if we just gotta learn how to do our own research. I think that's the, the biggest thing I think in the black community is that we've been misled because we just didn't have enough information to, to get where we need to be at. And I think now more than ever in 2020, you know, supposedly the end of the world, they say, <laughs> coming up. Uh, I think it's so important even towards the end that we need to focus more about doing our own research though instead of having somebody tell us about ourselves we need to go figure that out and i mean even for me i mean even me researching things like that trust me i i agree with everybody even i'm telling you me and monique talk all the time about this about just a prime example about 13 months i mean we can we can go right play devil advocate right now about numerology and be like okay then well it's 13 months instead of 12 you know what i mean what about that that means that's going to discredit everything and it's like no it's like we got to know what resonates, what is on the soul level. And the thing is, though, it's not really a thing where we got to take everything. You know, the thing about it is, though, when we learn these things, though, about numerology and birth numbers and life paths, we all looking at the cookie-cutter essence of all of this. We haven't put it all together yet. We just taking baby steps, you know what I'm saying? But once you get to your, your numerology chart, I know in the future we probably have to talk about astrology, you know, more in depth about that. But I think even when you look at these charts, you got to look at the whole chart as a whole because it, that's what it is. It's a full entity of it. So, yeah, sometimes you might not resonate with it because it's probably another number and another core number that's probably going against it and it's probably giving you a, um, another viewpoint of how that number really affecting you on your overall well-being. So I think the empirical study is always deep, but I think now more than ever is like all the stuff has been broken. Everything they talk about in the Bible is happening. And it still has been broken with a lot of information. All you got to do is just take the interest in yourself and just to say, you know what, I need to learn more about it. But it goes back to what the discussion was before, the fears. We got we to gotta start looking at these numbers to make sure we can override our fear about what we, uh, about what we think is harming us when in reality it can be helping us.
No. Come on now, because once you see those, once you look at your number and you see them strengths, you also better pay attention to those weaknesses so you can go ahead and charge those weaknesses up. I'm serious mm-hmm. because those weaknesses is what hurts you. And see, other numbers mm-hmm. are able to play off of that, which brings us to my next question. Is it a possibility that these numbers are somehow um, able to charge other numbers? Meaning when certain people get oh, together, sure. are, are those numbers charging up? Because, you know, I like to do math and we need to see mm-hmm. how those numbers combine when they are together when in, the, in the same room with other energy. So how does that work? For sure, I think you know, if anything, it plays a big part in compatibility. You know, just with uh, not only as friendships, but even as coworkers, colleagues, business partners, um, even um, working in community service, even from church, even from the mystical business, whatever you want to call it. I mean, we are all related to each other from a numerological standpoint. So I think it plays a big part. I mean, it's nice to know people numbers uh when you talk to them though because sometimes you can prejudge on the phone which we naturally do to get to know people so sometimes it's nice to be able to know our numbers and know who we are with because so i mean and the one thing i like well you talking to a six life path here so i know i'm pretty um um sixes are very um number that's very versatile with everybody else so a six might not have the same issue as a one or a two or a three and go on. You know, they might have different numbers, but the six is more like the most, they call it the most versatile number of the whole numerology. It's the most balanced number of every of, of every single number. You know, so that number might have less resistance with working with other people. You know, you might have another number though, and that might not be compatible with another number, you know, even, or, even on the relationship level. So it's like, yeah, it's very important to know your numbers because you see, in a way, we are all compatible. You know, we just got to have enough information to study ourselves and to get the information out of somebody else, you know, to be able to know where you can compromise and know where you can work with each other and know where y'all are each other's strengths and know where y'all know how to compromise that weakness, though, when it gets to that point. So, yeah, it's a big part. I mean, I want to say go crazy with it and be like, oh, you're a one and I'm a five. We're not going to work. It's not hey, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm counseling Christmas like, like Tommy around this month. Let me tell you, you is not compatible. Your number is not my number. You are not my person. Let me let you know. I found my tribe. You got to go. You know, that's that's what you're trying to tell folks to start doing. That is not the message we're spreading. Let me I let you know. I wouldn't say it's not the message, but I would say it's nice to know what somebody's number is, though, so y'all won't be, so y'all would know where to meet up at, but y'all won't be colliding with each other, too, and y'all can actually know, like, okay, then, this is who they are, you know, you can look at somebody's number and be like, you can look at somebody without looking at their numbers and, be, and look at them a whole another way, you like, they can't get nothing together, that's just based off our perception, you know what I'm saying, once we start to learn that, you know, what that number, uh, number charts are, it makes it a lot more easier for you to maintain that harmony with that person, even if mm-hmm. things are going a little offhand, even if things are going a little field, you will know like where the core is at. You know what I'm saying? Though so that you can come to the you can come to that conversation and be like, okay, then are we good for each other though? Because we misunderstanding each other conversation or we at a different level of life where we just not seeing head to head, or maybe we just got some numbers, though, that just ain't rocking with each other. No, you know no, no. And, or maybe y'all clashing because y'all the same damn numbers. You know yeah, what I mean? Because my question would be if 
you uh like how me and Lainey, we get along. We number five women. But I'm wondering how that looks for a number five man or a man that's born on the 14th or the 23rd in comparison mm-hmm. to that five woman. Because I know that could be some heavy, that could be some clash of the titans. That could be an issue. Right, right, right. That could be a, I can't go for that. I can't. It could be one of them moments. It could be one of those. So yeah, how I, does that work? Yeah. So, I mean, so I think five is a number. I think everybody on the phone most of the time is. So, if five is ruled by Jupiter, where it's all about having freedom and being free thinking and being progressive, I mean, I think the other five, the other five will merge together on that and understand. Hold on. I thought you told me I was, mer- I was ruled by Mercury. I feel like Mercury, my bad. My head. Excuse me. Look, so I'm taking good notes over here. Let me, my, let me check out. my show. That's even better, though. That, that explains my point. That explains my point right here. My bad, not Jupiter. My bad, Mercury. So if you are born a fifth and you rule by Mercury with freedom and adventures, then you will be a communicator. You will be somebody that's pretty good at communication. You'll be able to know how to talk. You'll be able to know how to fit in different lanes because you don't want to be hogged down. You don't want to be tied down under any circumstances. I know many fives that just they just not with that tying down stuff and they not going, you know what I'm saying? So if you got another five that's with another five, then that's the number y'all can meet at. So y'all probably won't have that issue because y'all both respect freedom and um, freedom and freedom and y'all choices with each other. So that might work a little bit better. I think you right about that though. I think if a man and a woman had the same five, it will be a little differently all because of social conditioning, you know what I'm saying? But the energy and the essence of who they both are, it's the same. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, they would still go about it the same kind of way. It would just be based off, once again, upbringing. There would be other factors that can factor into that. You know, just because we're saying this, the energy don't mean that you're going to exemplify that energy. It could be things that happen in your life that made you go off the path. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And you got to understand, though, that everybody learn on their own level. You know, and just as much as astrology and immorality, you can function as a low-level five. And you can function as a high level five. And Come on now. You said before about frequencies, everything. Frequencies. Uh, right, right. Mm-hmm. So don't think that because you see the good and what we're talking about, that that just makes you overlook the quality that you're not working on. You still got to work on it, no matter if it's a gift or not. It's like a muscle. You know, it's like you can want bigger muscles, but if you don't go in the weight room to go work on it, it's not going to be any bigger. Exactly. We talk about numerology and numbers and astrology, anything occultic or whatever you talk or whatever in them type of subjects. Exactly. And I think just even having this conversation and thinking about how I utilize these numbers and my my own day to day, even through meditation, I feel like we talk about meditation a lot and how you can manifest these things and bring yourself to a higher frequency. Uh by challenging yourself to to focus and to concentrate. See, a, a lot of the times what you get lost in is the fact that you have so many distractions around you that keep you or hinder you from being able to tap into this intuitiveness. So it's, it's very hard to pay attention to or to be able to focus and gain that relationship with self. And so I would recommend just maybe practicing some meditation if you are interested and learning how to do that. And as well as looking at those lower vibrations, those lower frequencies, I will also suggest, you know, using that meditation to unblock some of those chakras because um, trauma and other things in life contribute to this as well. These experiences contribute to those 
lower frequencies as well. And I know Brother Joshua Mann and Sister Divine, you definitely can chime in and educate us all up on that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And you talk about how you can charge the numbers up. You, you, you pretty much said how can you transfer the numbers up to get them where you to get them to where you want them to be at. Right. So if you're operating as a low level five or a low level one or what a low level whatever your number is, um, how how would you be able to charge that number up to a higher frequency? How would you become that well, high level five? Well, I think uh, you have to understand the knowledge. You have to uh, do more research on it, though, and understand. I think for me personally, like, for example, I'm a birthday 18, so I'm ruled by uh, Mars. So if I was somebody that was a low energy nine and I was probably being selfish or maybe that energy, I was just being restless. You know, maybe I didn't have no direction in my energy. You know, maybe I'm just doing it and I'm being self-destructive. I got to understand that. When I have this Mars type of energy, that I'm going to be energetic all the time, you know. And But at the same time, though, I got to understand, though, that if I don't really focus this energy for humanitarian purposes, though, then I'm probably not going to have a good result out of it. You know, it's like the only thing I can think of is maybe it's just don't take it, don't make excuses for on the outside make the changes on the inside because uh, everything that's happening to us though is just a projection of how we are on the inside mm. so it's like you know so you gotta have a knowledge of self when you are um studying this like like probably we go on birthday number birthday number is more like a personality number it's more like mm-hmm. a gift that you will have like no matter what you do no matter who you with you're gonna have these traits no matter what's going on right but if it's to the point where you understand that birth number and understand that gift let's say Maybe you're not living up to that truest potential, though. You know, you got to know how to, once you, like what you said, Lawana, you know how to meditate, you know, get your vibrations up, you know, um, you know, do um, some stays, you know, burn some Eat clean. Eat clean, you know. And the thing is, I'm learning with the God's calling, though. Sometimes God call you, you know, when you really at that vibration to hear it, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's like, and sometimes, though, when you look at numerology as a whole, you got to look at the, you see, we just taking baby steps, because I know my people, we got to take baby steps, you know, because I don't want to let nobody get lost here. But the thing is, though, it's some things in our chart that let us know what energy is rocking with us, though, for almost 10 years. I mean, it's some, you got a pinnacle number in the numerology that can let you know how you are from birth to 31, you know what I'm saying? So it's like... It's so many numbers that's coming at us, though, that we don't really realize. So my best thing is, though, is to acknowledge that the numbers that's really influencing you, though, and learning how to assess them. I know it's difficult to say that, though, because it's like, how you do that? All you can do is, though, is just study yourself and study and study and research. Please research and educate yourself the more we got the Internet, because it's going to save your life in the long run. So it's like, I really don't have a a blueprint answer that can help somebody else. That's why it's a, we are custom made, you know, all you can do is though is try to just take the research and just learn how to assess. Cause I know for me, for my nine number though, 32, I'm a lot better than I was when I was 25. You know what I'm saying? 25, I was all, I was all over the place. I knew my skills. I knew what I was good at, but I just didn't know how to go about it. So sometimes we gotta learn how to be patient with ourselves and wait for the answer to come when it comes. Come on, intuitiveness. Let's yeah. get into it. Let's get into ourselves. 
Mm-hmm. Not focusing on nobody else because a lot of people they have a hard time sitting in silence, sitting being alone, knowing who they are. You ask them what their strengths are, they don't know. And it's mm-hmm. like, come on, people, we're living inside ourselves. We need to be able to become confident with who we are within ourselves and then go ahead and radiate who we are outside. Anybody that know Miss Chambers, they be like, girl, you popping. So you yourself, you your authentic self. When I see you, you are you, you are real. And I would rather be that than anything else because I am me and I'm okay with me. And I say that to anyone else, you don't like me, that's okay. I'm okay with me. And so that's the kind of attitude you want to be able to have and have that respect with folks when you're doing it. You know, mm-hmm. tap into yourself. Be okay with being in your own skin. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to love you, who's going to love you? You better say it. And I got to agree with you on that, too, because I think the, the main thing I'm learning, that's why I'm so glad we're able to have a Black platform, we're able to talk about the type of information, because I was going to say what you said. I think the one thing that we can learn how to transcend is to work on our own self-esteem. Because I think a lot of times why Black people really don't take information in is that we got low self-esteem, no matter how much we see ourselves as being important or not. Because I'm just saying, like, I've noticed, like, on YouTube and when I do my own research on this type of stuff, I see a lot of white people leading this stuff off, you know, no matter what it is. And a lot of reasons why they probably can do it because they have this confidence about themselves. You know, white supremacy make white people feel very good about themselves. And when they really feel this good about themselves, they can take any type of knowledge and utilize it for their own purposes. You know, it's like what you said before, LaWanda, it's like you sit back and we, as black people, though, we can't even say what our gifts are because we don't even want to believe in ourselves to know we are even that gifted. You know God damn it, when it's you like, got a gift, they're going to tell you you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Exactly. Your mm-hmm. gifts are not but, relevant. Your gifts are junk. Your gifts are pseudoscience. Mm-hmm. Your gifts is your gifts are not real. Yeah. Your gifts do not hold any uh, any numbers. Let me tell you, you don't matter. You know what I mean? Black thing, black lives matter just became a thing this year. These people been around. I'm trying to tell you, we just get some some. How many years these people been marching? I mean, we really, we really got to be real. Like this is nonsense is what I'm trying to tell y'all. And you got to begin to look at things differently. I'm not Mm -hmm. here to accept everything that somebody is putting in front of me. I am telling you, you better become a challenger. This is not Mm -hmm. about conspiracy. This is about using your brain so that your ass don't get dementia one day. I'm trying to help you save Mm -hmm. your life right now. Let me tell you, you get so programmed to think this way. You understand what you said, Miss Devon? I said that's why I was saying that we have to. It's it's a lot of this starts with us realizing that this system is not working. Mm. You know exactly. why? The system was not made for us. Mm. This system was not made for us. And, this and that's system was made for for everybody else to to capitalize off of. This system was not made for us. Yeah, because we still asking for things as if that's going to change anything. We need the whole system is not created for us on all levels. You better say it. I believe it's my there. uncle's telling that telling me like we've been cursed as the people. And everybody know who we are but us. Mm. And we are living that out right now today. And if we cannot pay attention to the word, I'm telling you, this stuff is all right. Say what you want to say about the Bible. 
whatever. It's yeah. already written. And all mm-hmm. you got to do is pay attention. Those who seek out the word and seek out meaning, he will provide it to you. And I just say that those words have meaning and those numbers have numerical foundations. Mm-hmm. It's all in the scripture. You see how the scripture has numbers attached to each scripture. Like this is not just made done for no no reason. There's reasoning behind that. We just don't understand this what I'm saying. We gotta learn you know, how to get into these numbers better. You know, if I if I may add something, there there are a few stories that have um numerical value, like the number of dreams that Daniel had. Um, the the thirteenth month is mentioned in Ezekiel when it's when it's tallied up, Jacob's uh-huh. ladder, and uh-huh. you know all those different things. The twelve the, disciples. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, uh-huh. especially uh-huh. the twelve disciples because the twelve disciples are the representative of the twelve months and Jesus being the thirteenth. That's uh-huh. the you know. It's, Let's it's get into some, it. Yeah, <laughs> you know all, the, the the Bible is a metaphysical book. The Bible is an alchemical uh-huh. book. The Bible is an occult book. Those stories, uh, uh, there, there's a um, uh, there's a metaphysical lecturer by the name of Bobby Hemmett. Bobby mm-hmm. Hemmett, H-E-M-M-I-T-T. Him I know who Bobby Hemmett is. Look that man up on YouTube. Look that man up on Facebook. Look that man up on Instagram. People share all types of things about him. And one thing that man said that I'll never forget when he talked about um the Bible, he said the 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 Bible is based off of basically astrology. And I personally believe that our bodies are solar systems. Come on our now. Are the microverses, and we live in a macroverse, but we are our own mini universes. And so, with that mm-hmm. being said, Brother Bobby Hemmings said that every place in the Bible that talks about, that mentions a geographical location, they're actually talking about a location within our, our body, our mm-hmm. system. And when you actually mm-hmm. think about the, 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 um, 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 the, the name Christ, the name Christ, it means crystals. And that's the chrism. That's the oil. That's the seed that is within us that every month it can be raised when the moon is in your, your, um, when the, I believe when the moon is in your sunshine. Yeah. The, the moon is in your, the moon is in your sign every month for two and a half days. During that two and a half days, that is your personal fasting time and maybe that's a topic that I bring up because um mm-hmm. we don't we don't even know about our own bodies. We don't even mm-hmm. understand that there are that the, that the actual planets there are certain planets that rule certain parts of our bodies. That's stuff that mm-hmm. people don't even know. You shouldn't have surgery on certain days. You know, depending mm-hmm. on what day it is and 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 the the energy that's attached to that actual number. The the universe is made of energy. Everything is energy. Numbers carry energy. And, the, and the, okay. the cosmos is made of energy, and that's what we all are. We all are cosmopolitans. That's what the dictionary says. Mm. So mm-hmm. when it comes to who we are, cosmic beings, the very fabric of the universe is what wove us, wove us together. And that melanin that is within us is also what, what the universe is created off, is created from, dark matter. So when the scientists mention dark matter and they study these, these things, they're talking about us. Listen, 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 listen. We are at the end of the time, Mr. Vine, and I am going to just tell you to wait a damn minute 
Dick is the director for the next couple of damn hours. We're going to let me, we got, just wait a goddamn minute. Wait a, wait a minute. Lay, lay it down. We're going to have to have a whole nother discussion about this. And I'm sorry that we at the end of the show and can't get in deep, but I want to I wanna jump back over to, to Pastor Anders and have him chime back in, if you will. Pastor Anders, you still on the line? Because my God, today, you're going to have my pastor ready to give us, we're going to have a surprise damn um, <laughs> class meeting tonight. I'm trying to tell you, we're going to get some text messages to Miss Lani. We're going to have to have another whole teaching tonight. My God, today. <laughs> Come on, Pastor. Oh. You on the line? Come on. Oh. oh, my God. Today, what is going on, people? <laughs> we got to get to it. We got to vibrate higher. We got to vibrate higher. Yeah. We got to. Pastor Anders, you on the line? Where you go? Uh-oh. Oh, wow. Pastor Anders and left us on the line. He going to come back. We're going to get him on the next show so we can get him to come back in here and give us a, a, a prophetic word on... I can't hear him. I so I can get that prophetic word. You're gonna have to unmute your phone because I can't hear you. All right, can you hear me now? Yes, I oh. can't hear you now because right. I said, All Where right. you at? All right, are y'all are y'all echoing? No, I hear. No, you got back in there. Okay, am I echoing? No, you good. Okay, all right. First I, I I just want to just weigh in. Uh, I, I can't help myself. It's, it's real good. I just want to say to my brother, uh, who, is, who has experienced that uh, piece about, hold on, I need to fix this. Sister Rwanda, hold on a second. I got to turn this one off. All right, I just want to say to my brother, man, just be encouraged um, how the church rejected you in regards to who you are um, and your spiritual prophetic uh, anointing that you possess. Um, oftentimes we know that people, they run from things they don't understand, real talk. And a lot of times the roadmap is already laid out and they just run with what they see and feel. But when God brings you to a place of wisdom, knowledge and understanding, bring your body into harmony with itself. And then you start really understanding who you are as a man of God and what your purpose is, then you start sending out this energy. Um, and the energy is very positive. I'm feeling that. Um, and I'm, I'm going to just say, I went through the same thing in the church, but the only difference is I didn't run from them. You know, I stayed with them. And then God allowed me to create an atmosphere where individuals can become alive in who they really are. And the, I call it the prophetic. But it's truthfully, it's called spiritualism or spiritual. But we say prophetic because it's something that they can get with. You know what I mean? And anytime I say prophetic, people believe I'm talking about uh, telling them the future or whatever. But truthfully, what I'm really showing them once they get in the class is who they are. Because can y'all still hear me? Mm -hmm, yeah. Oh, okay. So Come what on, happens Pastor. is... They have dreams and visions, and they hear things, they see things, and they try to ask church people, I say church goers, and they don't know, you know what I mean? So they'll call you crazy, they'll say you whatever, they cast you out, you feel like you're all alone. But truthfully, that's, that's you becoming awakened, right? And you have to be in an environment, I call it being in an environment with prophetic people, just like with Elijah and Elijah, you know? 
it talks about it in in, in the times of, uh, in biblical times where there were schools and, and men and women came, they had giftings and certain things they heard in the spirit. They would gather together and be taught. And everyone was like-minded. See, we can't change a system that didn't, that's not for us because God already gave us our system. The problem is that everybody everybody wants to be chiefs. No one wants to be a follower, right? So mm-hmm. you have to be humble. The key thing in the prophetic is being humble. That's why I don't run to churches and just go out here and be preaching everywhere because the message I bring is a different message. And everybody can't eat from that table, you know. So then when I shoot stuff at them in teaching, then they got to come back over here and feast. You know what I mean? So that means that you're going to be alone. I, I just did something the other day called the seven characteristics of a prophet. So you're going to be alone. You're going to go mm-hmm. through. You, you're going to feel like you're by yourself. I mean, this is normalcy because you're operating out of a system that is not designed for you. So what you have to do is create your own system that God has given you, which is his system. You're, you're actually breaking the gravitational pull of what man has made. And now you're delivering the system that God has planted in your DNA in the first mm. place of Let's who you go. really are mm-hmm. as a kingdom believer. See, we can be church believers, but we really need to become kingdom believers. You know what I'm saying? A kingdom believer don't think of the world. He thinks out of this world. <laughs> he don't think, mm-hmm. oh, he, he's not limited to what he sees. He dwells in the unseen world. So that's Ooh. when you become kingdom. Now, how can I become kingdom in the midst of chickens that's always plucking at the ground when I'm an eagle? Easy. When you are eagle and you wear chickens, the Bible talks about conform, being not conformed to this world. So you're not going to, you can't be conformed to this world. So he said, you have to be uh, transformed by the renewing of your mind. The only way I can change individuals is by changing their thoughts, changing their beliefs, their mindsets, or by teaching the written letter of the word. By words, they change things. They're evolutionary words. They are words that evolve and, and we change through words. That's why we have fast. So as kingdom, I'm just I'm just sharing with you, my brothers, as a man and a man of wisdom and knowledge and understanding, I believe I'm prophesying to you today, God is gonna give you some following, a following of people in your school that is gonna think the same. And guess what? Stuff are gonna things that you've been looking to happen is gonna start manifesting. The That's word true. manifest simply true. means that is already there. You just don't see it. Oh, Let's wow. go. That's what's up. Thank That's you, what Pastor. we need. Wow. Thank you but, so much, wow. Pastor. I know really? I gotta go, Luanda, but check this out. Listen to this. You're not gonna get this from church people. You're only yep. gonna get this from kingdom prophetic minded people. Tell me. That's okay. why you can't hang with everybody. Okay, I'm done. All right, sis. Right. No, I'm, I'm not shutting you up. I'm just letting wow. you know. We, this is this is what we needed, and I'm I'm just so upset you wasn't at home earlier. But you got to come back next week. <laughs> come back yeah. next week. 